What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Brown Eyes and Caramel Thighs. Um, we're here today now. <laughs> and initially, we had planned to do like a like a dating type of episode again and just talk about like... Um, and so I guess I'll just leave it like that so that way you guys can be excited for when it does come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but with everything that's going on, in the world today, I thought, like, Karina and I just thought it would be best to discuss it and kind of bring more light to it and stand against it and bring awareness to the situation for those people who don't already know. But most of our listeners are people of color. Today is our 20th episode, and we will be discussing... um, Racism, anti-blackness, colorism, and systemic racism. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can take something away from this and just kind of get our perspective of where we are on this whole topic. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like we're pretty, sometimes when we have something on our mind, uh, we can't not get that off our mind. So we're very... uh, I don't know emotional yeah <laughs> that sounds crazy but like we just say what's on our mind and sometimes we have to change course because we don't feel like we can give ourselves fully into a topic because something else takes precedent yeah for sure like um we're definitely wearing we wear our heart on our sleeves for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if yeah. it's heavy on our heart then we'll bring awareness to the situation and that's where we are now um, so as many of you guys know, everything that has been going on in the world, and if you don't know, turn the news channel on, read a book, do something to be more educated on this topic. But um, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, with everything that's going on, just want to bring some awareness on how that impacts the Latino community and not to make it about the Latino community, but how... Um, a lot of first-generation families and communities um, don't really know and aren't educated on this topic at all. And so for those people who do listen to our podcast and have family members or are part of a community that not necessarily stand with the, the topic but or stand against the topic, I mean, but are just not educated in it enough to say this is how I feel about it. Um, Have them listen and maybe they'll learn something from this whole thing. Because we are part of this country, because, you know, we are part of this community. We also have a role to play in, in protecting human life in, um, you know, making sure that it's just for most, for everyone, you know, not just for the people that we want it, you know, justice for. Um, and I have, I have conversations with friends and family about what it is, what our role is in, in what we can do, you know, little things that we're able to do to, to make it better. Because we're just like, well, we're, yeah, I, I, I treat people well, but it's like, yes, but do you realize how, you know, for example, like me, I'm lighter skinned than my sister. We have the same, both same parents, but um, because of our background, I was born lighter. She was born a lot browner than me. Um, could be 
for different reasons, but she faced a lot more um, disciplinary growing up in school, you know, disciplinary actions. People, the teachers were a lot harsher with her. And for me, I was a student that I don't think I ever got in trouble in school, maybe once. There's one time that I can remember getting in trouble in school. Um, but when I got older, I had to realize like how, what the color of my skin did in partaking in that. Was it because of my personality or was it the color of my skin? You know, was it that teachers perceived me a certain way and perceived my sister a different way? And that's why she received harsher punishment versus me who was more lighter skinned, what, what could get away with certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that kind of realization that we have to do of like checking our own um, attitude. And just because we might not have experienced it personally, doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Yeah, for sure. And I think that colorism is such a prevalent thing in our communities where we <clears throat> just because, I mean, it doesn't matter of, necessarily where you're from in the latino you know community like if you're dominican puerto rican whatever if you're central american if you're whatever type of latino you are you can be you know argentinian with light skin green eyes brown hair or you know dirty blonde hair and yes you're still latino and yes you may have that white privilege um but because you aren't dark skin, you're not necessarily Latino. So there is that colorism where we're facing in our community of like, yeah, whatever, like you acknowledge that they're lighter skin than you. And because of that, you dislike them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't have any examples specifically saying like, oh, you know, and she might be able to say better of, of like things that may have been said to her or uh, her experiences. But, you know, like I do remember growing up in college reading that, that like, women of color are more harshly penalized in school than, you know, even, um, Latinos or, um, like, um, white people, you know? Um, and I, it made me think about my sister's experience because she had, you know, was, uh, called attention to a lot more often than I was. And I I don't think I was any less talkative than her, you know, stuff like that. So those are the things that you, like, as you start realizing how uh, systematic um, our way of profiling and separating people and how if you are in one group, you might not experience what another group goes through, but it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. You just might not have firsthand experience with it. Yeah, I've experienced um, a form of racism a lot in higher education. I've touched on it a lot. Um, I mean, it's, we are a part of an educational system that isn't made for people of color and it's definitely not made for black people. It's definitely not made for brown people. Um, at least not made enough, not made well enough for us to succeed in, um, having people of color and black people and Latinos succeed in higher education or succeed in education in general is so rare and so um it's it's very challenging and and hard to to come by and we aren't placed like these the puzzle pieces aren't placed in our favor Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day um not only with our our home lives right but also like you said just unfair treatment in in schools like obviously the white kid who lives in a white neighborhood um 
or in a very wealthy neighborhood, not necessarily white neighborhood, but like in a, in a wealthier neighborhood, mm-hmm. it's going to have better resources, better teachers. They're just going to have a better environment in the school than the kid that comes from a lower income side, like the socioeconomic status is lower, you know, like it's not as great. Right. And I mean, that's everywhere. So you, when you get to that college level, you want to think that they're going, because you're paying to be there, that it's going to be the same. But once you get to that college level, it's not the same. At least it wasn't for me. And I know that I've heard other counterpart, my counterparts say the same thing of where they're like, it's not, it's, it's different for them as well. Like, yes, we're, we're both in this English class or whatever. We're both in this math class together. However, they were taught so much more before that they got there that they're not struggling with the, the things that you're already supposed to know when you get into college. I don't know. It's just, it's just so unfair how people continue to think that everyone is given the same opportunity when we're not and not to say that like I lived this like horrible life because thank the lord that I've been able to have everything I've ever wanted and you know like mm-hmm. I, yes I've worked really hard for everything I have I've learned a lot you know like I, I wouldn't exchange like changes life I have for anything however I can't say that the people that I went to school with in like grade school or college or my master's program or like my doctorate program, I can't say that those people, um, even though some may look like me, experience the same type of life. You know what I mean? Like the same type of struggles and the same type of missed opportunities that I didn't have because of where I come from and because of the color of my skin. Right. Well, um, two points that I want to make with that. Like, I was having a conversation with my mom recently. My mom's the only one that knows how to write in her family, you know, well. And she even says that she struggles, like in Spanish, there's a lot of things. She's like, sometimes I don't know if I'm supposed to use the S or the C. My mom only went up to third grade in school and she didn't even fully complete it. So um, for her to be the one in her family that knows how to write the most well, just goes to speak like all the things that I had to struggle with in school, you know, besides the fact that my mom didn't master the language. um, She couldn't necessarily help me with writing my paper. She couldn't help me with um, translating, you know, some document. Like there was a lot of stuff that I had to learn to do on my own where other kids might've had their parents to be able to help them. And so they didn't have to focus on what does the syntax of this mean, but they can focus on like writing a poem about it. I don't know. Like that's just an example, right? Because like in my family, there's just that gap. Um, And similarly, like I think to your point, Eva, about people not thinking that things are equal. I was reading something and I was trying to find it right now. Oh, here it is. So it was, I was reading this document that said the average white American has 91 white friends and nine friends of color, including just one black friend. Um, And then it said something like 75% of white Americans have no friends of color at all. 75%. So then think about that. Like if 75% of the white population doesn't have any people of color as their friends, where are they going to realize that people of color have a different experience than them that they might have different challenges that they have never experienced because they don't have them in their circle and so it's 
on you to kind of take a step back and be, and say like, I don't think this is a problem. And it's like, is it, I don't think it's a problem because I haven't experienced it or is it really actually not a problem? You know, and I think most of the time it's that you haven't experienced it. You haven't realized that this is what a, another group of people have to experience. Yeah, I'm not saying that in this statement, like I'm not saying that white people are the worst people, right? Mm-mm. No, definitely um, not. And I'm not saying that white people um, choose to, let me say this correctly. Um, I'm not saying that, I mean, some people, some white people that we encounter do choose to be this way. Um, and there's some people that, that just don't know what they don't know. Right. Um, for example, like with us, like I know that I don't know a lot about um generational wealth and um creating that as as something that for for my family right mm-hmm. or for my unborn children or, or you know or children or whatever that is like I don't know much about that I don't know much about 403bs 401ks I don't know about you know, for college for your kids right like we uh, we weren't taught this right um and not to say it's because my mom was not wanting to learn it, she didn't even know it existed, okay. you know? Like, um, there's such a, a gap in our communities with employment, with wealth, with healthcare, with, there's just such a, a big gap that people choose to either not learn about it or they just don't even know it exists. Mm-hmm. And that's where we come into this um, life where the opportunity is just so there's just such a, a huge gap because of those two things, in my opinion, Yeah, is what I, I would say that that's what's keeping us where we're at. Yeah. And I think um, a lot of people, I mean, I don't know why I feel like I've known about this or why I've had my eyes open to it, but like, I'm not blaming any p- group of people for only having their ethnic group of friends, because that has a lot to do with like where you grew up, who your parents bring you around, um, the people in your community. But you have to think about like, I was thinking recent, a couple years ago, Holland, where I live, is predominantly white and Hispanic. Grand mm-hmm. Rapids, though, has a, and like Ben and Harbor and like some, and Muskegon have way bigger populations of, of um, African-American people living there. And I'm like, why doesn't Holland have hardly any Black people here? There are some, but there, it's not a huge community. And it makes you think back to like redlining and, you know, mm-hmm. the mortgage rates and the way that we push people out of certain communities and neighborhoods. And if you you're not aware of that history. I mean, it's it's not a secret. It's not that it didn't happen. It's there. The banks literally would not write loans for mortgages for Black Americans. They would say, nope, we don't want them in that neighborhood. There are rules. There are rules for certain houses and uh, certain associations that the owner said, you cannot sell this house to a Black person. We do not want a Black or Hispanic person living in this community. So like, if you're not aware of that, you don't know how it is that your whole neighborhood, your whole subdivision, your whole school district is full of only white people because Mm -hmm. it was done that way intentionally. Um, They're talking, I was reading about how like Chicago was also intentionally divided into these different sections to keep people out of certain neighborhoods. And it's just like, you're not aware of that. You don't realize 
the way that people are kind of uh, forced into certain areas. And then you get things about like food deserts or um, unequal mm -hmm. access to better education. Like all those things have an impact and they're all tied together, you know, but you have to realize the way that the system is built for that. You, it might not be your fault. You know, you can't pick your parents. You can't pick where you were born. You can't pick where you were living mm -hmm. as a kid, but all mm -hmm. of that, brings into the kind of person that you grow up to be and the experiences that you're exposed to. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and the Fair Housing Act didn't do anything to help in our favor. Like they said that it, like they implemented it so that it could help, but people still found a way around it to get a loophole so that they're not implementing it. Like it should be used. Um, I definitely believe that, I mean, in our education system, we are taught white America. We're not taught America. Does that make sense? Like we're not taught about things that really impact our, our country as people of color. Oh, we're no. taught all the white things in our country. We're not ever taught about all the brown things that occur and brown as in black, as in Latinos, as in um, Indian Americans, you know, like all of these other cultures that have these people with brown skins um, majority of them because there are people who don't have brown skin in the brown <laughs> but um, it's just it's just hard to believe that people continue to allow these things to happen and not want to educate themselves on it and not want to create change um, I think part of it I want to be careful about how I say this <laughs> Some of it is like, you don't know, right? And so you don't realize that um, there is an issue. We've already mentioned that. Some of it is like, it's overwhelming. You're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is my role? How can I help? You know, and you just kind of get lost in this, like, I don't know. And then the other part is, I don't think it shouldn't be on people of color to educate white people, but I don't think we help when we try to demonize or um, separate people either. Like I have been disappointed recently with the way that certain people like, for example, this is kind of unrelated to kind of draw it into my theory. We have learned, we know that shaming people for not voting doesn't get more people to vote. It doesn't work. Right. It doesn't get more people registered. But if you tell people about the importance of being registered, of why you should do it, why do you, why you should use your voice, why you shouldn't silence yourself, the impact that it has locally, the impact that it has nationally, you might be able to convince that person who's never voted to vote for once. You know, mm -hmm. um, I know that it's very frustrating to have to educate and tiring to educate other people about all the ways that they can do something to help reduce segregation and reduce racial bias and reduce discrimination in the workplace, in the school, in every aspect of our lives. But by saying, by demonizing people, by saying that's not enough, like we know shaming doesn't work. Shaming does not get people to do the things. It just makes them silent and want to not talk about it. Right. Um, and so I try to be really careful about how I um, frame things so that I can get more people to want to treat and treat others with respect and equality and also see what role they have and what power they have to be able to make change. Because I am a firm believer that 
you know, little people's actions, you know, a small group of people, what is it, the Roosevelt quote, like, uh, sometimes people think that their actions, because they're just one person cannot make a change. But in fact, it's the only thing that's ever created change with a small group of people that have been dedicated. You know, I slaughtered the quote, it's not those exact words, but like, I'm a firm <laughs> believer that there is something that you can do. If you care about right. something, if you believe in it, there is something that you can do to push the needle forward. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, and it's hard in the sense where it's hard to have those types of conversations with people that you love, you oh, know? Yeah. And it's hard, especially if they're your elders. Um, it's hard to, to let them know that what they just said is deplorable. It's inexcusable. Like you can't say things like that inside my house you know, outside the house, like you can't say those type of things, those, those racial slurs that they think it's okay because they weren't exposed growing up to people of color that aren't like themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I call my mom out, but also the way I call my mom out is like, uh, to our relationship. So everyone else might do it differently, but like one thing that my other Latinos might know about is like some, some, Latinos will call all Asian people Chinos. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. if they're Vietnamese, doesn't matter if they're Cambodian, doesn't matter if they're Korean, they are Chinos in their eyes, right? Um, and I recently started telling my mom, she would say like, oh yeah, la tienda de la China, la, la China de mi trabajo. And I'm like, mom, do you actually know that they're from China? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, then the, the, the Asian person store, you know, or, you know, that you know, that woman that works with you that's Asian, like you can't say that they're Chinese if you don't know. You literally don't know that they're from China. Um, and it might not stick. She still does it. But I am trying slowly to be like, that's an assumption. That's not correct. It's, you know, I told her, I was like, it's like someone telling you salvadoreña, you know, like la salvadoreña or la cubana. And I'm like, mom, you know, you're Mexican. Like, how would you feel if someone just, just, you know, called yeah. you something that you're not? It's like, it's disrespectful. And especially because they don't know. And so she kind of, she kind of stopped and thought about it. I mean, her thing, but those conversations are uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, I hope to one day have children and I hope that one day my children, whatever race or religion or sexual orientation that they choose to be, um, that they are not like that my mom can accept them for who they are and, you know, what they are. Obviously, they're going to be different from what we are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm hoping that at some point in my life I have mixed children because that's my preference I guess you could say <laughs> um in my dating life however like I just like I was trying to explain to her that like black mothers have to educate their sons on how to interact with police officers mm -hmm. and I was like never in your entire life have you ever had that type of conversation with my with my siblings mm -hmm. with my brothers and I was like I, I I'm gonna hope that my children are half black <laughs> and um, like to have, to have that conversation with my children. And I was like trying to explain to her that my, your grandchildren, this could be your grandchild, you know, like, I don't know what God has in store for me, but 
they, they could look more black than they do Mexican mm-hmm. or they can look more Mexican than they do black or they can look white, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, they could look whatever color, but the chance of them looking black is higher. And that, that could be me having to teach my child right. how to interact with police officers. And that could be your grandson or granddaughter not coming home because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Like when you put it into like real life perspective for them and understand that like, obviously she has love for my unborn child already. And she like hopes for them to be everything and and great, you know, like just great that to put that kind of um, sentiment and emotion towards something that she loves already. That's not even born Mm -hmm. really like did resonate with her, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that it's a great way to, how like how to help them understand what it is that's really going on I don't know if you saw a lot on social media but they're talking about how like Telemundo and Univision aren't doing a great job of actually um saying why people are protesting Mm -hmm. yes and they're not doing a good job at any of of actually educating our people right on what it is and why it's happening and my mom she's like eager to learn Mm. on what it is that poor man did she said to me she's like I don't understand how that could happen to somebody and she's like out of all she's like out of all of those people who have passed away or who have who were murdered out of all those people she's like this one really hurt me like it really she's like I feel like I know him Mm -hmm. like it really resonated with her and I was just like that's so like that's so big for her to say, you know, um, and for her and for me to see that, like it was, it was like really emotional and touching for me to like yeah. experience that moment with her. Yeah, and she like researches it, like she's she's like she don't know how to use the internet, <laughs> but she definitely tries, and she'll like use Google Translate to go to go Google something. <laughs> Which is really funny because I'm like, my, you could just type it in Google, like whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> It'll find like, it, but whatever. Well, that, yeah, I, I had to, I had a conversation with my mom about um, George Floyd, the protests, um, why mm-hmm. everything was going on. Cause I didn't know what information my mom was getting. And sometimes um, I, I just, I don't always know like what she's up with in the, in the world. Cause she's, uh, kind of in her own bubble sometimes that sounds bad she's not in a bubble she just kind of like absorbed certain information right so I had a conversation with her to like see what she, where she was at and um yeah I told her I was like look mom like this is what I'm gonna do this is where like I feel like I have a responsibility I'm going to donate to these organizations I'm going to go to a protest I'm going to do these things and, she, and I wanted to see like if she was gonna say something like I don't understand why, you know, like, and she's like, no, that's good. I was like, cool. I'm glad I have your support on this. <laughs> um, because mm-hmm. I, I want my mom to know like the things that I care about, you know, and I want her to see the ways that she can have conversations with her coworkers because um, I don't know if it's because of the uh, crowds that I'm in, if people just have a better filter, but it seems like with her coworkers, 
they will say some shameful things, you know, and my mom will sometimes be like, hey, that's not cool. Um, so my mom will have those conversations. And so I bring these things up to my mom so that she's aware and has a, like a way to talk to people about things. Um, because at her workplace, she'll tell me some of the comments that she'll hear. And like I said, I think it's just people don't have a, a good filter in her workplace. Um, they will just be very disrespectful to each other. And I don't know if at my workplace, there are people who feel these same things, but they just have a better filter. And they're just like, mm -hmm. oh, I know that that's not okay to say, so I won't, you know, so if they, I don't necessarily have those like blatant like whoa what was that conversation or, or mm -hmm. comment heard but I try to talk to my mom about it so that she has some kind of language around it too and like I think sometimes when they have a really hard time especially from people that come from another country that don't have like the long history or have been educated here to know how segregation has worked and uh, taking a place here in our country mm -hmm sometimes being able to take it back to like how indigenous people are are treated in other countries than like Latin America, um, how groups are are treated poorly. Like my mom was, you know, uh, because ella era de rancho, because she didn't have, like she wasn't from a big city with a lot of money, the, the, the discrimination she felt. So I try to tie it in to those things i'm like think about how you know those experiences you've had and how we see like um things when we go back home to visit family that's similar to what happens here with this group of people or that's similar to how this happens and like i try to explain this history because they don't realize you know they think sometimes it's just conspiracy theories and it's like no there's mm -hmm. we have we have proof <laughs> yeah i think it, i was gonna say that like you said you don't see it in your like workplace as much like with your coworkers that they speak like that and again I think it comes to this educational gap of like how to communicate with people on this type of situations topics you know these type of events that have occurred um and again it can either be that or it can be the fact that like the people that we work with are in my opinion and in my situation are predominantly white and so they do, they feel like they don't have a space to speak about it like they mm -hmm. they feel like they like anything that they will say will not be right mm -hmm. and please believe I will be the first one to call them out on anything regardless of at work or not like I'm like I really at that point I don't care it's like I'm I'm still a brown person mm -hmm. you know and I'm still in this in this community where unfortunately I'm the only person of color a lot of people don't know but I um I focus a lot on this type of like cultural competence um, in my master's program. And that was like my thesis. And now in my doctorate program, that's like what I'm writing about now. Um, but I, I strongly believe that like in order to provide quality care to people that you need to understand their, their backgrounds and where they come from and the type of religion they mm -hmm. practice and like their beliefs and their values. And I feel like in order to provide the best care and the most effective and efficient care for them, you have to learn those type of things about cult people's cultures and understand how to communicate mm -hmm. with people that are not like yourself. Right. And that, you know, it's not necessarily race and it's not necessarily um, religion, but also like sexual orientation and sexual preference and, you know, all these things that make us different. It's not, we're not highlighting the differences, 
but we're educating the fact that there is a difference and acknowledging the difference, not necessarily like stuck on the difference or highlighting it, but just understanding that there is a difference and understanding how to make that difference be equal within each other. Right. Yeah. I think one talking point for anyone, I mean, I feel like most of our listeners are, um, mostly people of color who kind of understand that there are differences, but like, if there's anyone out there that like, is like, but why do we keep talking about race or why do you have to make it a race thing? Like most of us, a lot of us know race is the social construct, Mm -hmm. you know, this thing that we have made up to segregate people for um, economic gain. But the impacts of racism are very much real. You know, we very, you know, there is very much real impacts on how we treat people based off of this imaginary social construct of race, right? Um, and so pretending that there isn't, that we don't see color, pretending that there aren't different experiences, pretending that none of that is there does not help us solve the problem or create the solution. No. What do you, um, like, when you fill out paperwork, how do you identify as your race? Man, I am so mad. Race is one of the things that gets me like on a little box mm-hmm. every time I have to fill it out. Most of the time, if it's optional, I won't fill it out. I'm like, I will fill out my ethnicity because ethnicity makes sense. Ethnicity is a thing that is very personal to the person. But like, if race is, is an optional thing, I'll just ignore it. But for the census, for example, when I had to fill it out, I selected other and I put in the comments, I put indigenous and European. Mm-hmm because I have no way of knowing for a fact what my roots are. We don't know. We have assumptions that one of the first people in my mom's side of the family, uh, the man, was born in Mexico from Spanish parents, but there's no proof. And we don't know that he was Spanish. So I can't say for a fact he was Spanish. He could have been French. He could have been Portuguese. He could have been, you know, he could have been Irish for all we know. Like we literally have no idea. And then we also have oral history saying that we have um, a great grandmother who was indigenous, um, but we don't know the name of the tribe. We don't know her. I don't know her name. I literally, I could not tell you anything. I know maybe around the area where she was, but there isn't proof. There isn't any documentation of like when our family came here, (laughs) nothing. And um, similarly, like on my dad's side, we don't, I don't know anything about the family. Like almost everyone who has any history has passed away. My grandmother was orphaned. So I like, how am I supposed to find out information about my ancestors? Mm -hmm. Um, So I can kind of make assumptions based off of my last name. My last name is Lopez. It's a Spanish last name. My mom, mom's last name is Salas and Gutierrez, also Spanish last name. So I can assume that I have Spanish ancestry. And because of oral history, I know that we have some indigenous ancestry, but I can't tell you for a fact that I know that for sure. So when I put race, I, if I have the selection, that whole long answer <laughs> to say, I usually almost always pick white and indigenous or um, other, or I like some indigenous, like if, if they only let me pick one, then I pick indigenous. Cause I'm like, do not erase that um, native bloodline in our history. You know, we can't, pretend that that isn't there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah true I um obviously they uh always only ask if you're Hispanic or Latino of so annoying like as uh ethnicity like aren't there other ethnicities (laughs) 
There you know, are like, every kind of group of people is ethnicity. I think Mexican American is is an ethnicity versus different than like Mexican as an ethnicity. You know, like there is a thing about being Mexican American that's different from my cousins who identify as Mexican. Yeah. But whatever. Yes, and so um, I just it it peeves me when they ask solely if you're Hispanic or Latina. Yes. Like there are other ethnicities. One, two. They only give you an option to select, what, five or six different races? And I don't remember if I did select other or not. But usually, like, on applications, I usually select um, black because I feel like I'm closest to that than I am white. Like, I definitely am not white compared to black. I mean, I guess I could be European. Who knows? Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like I have more black roots in our family than we do and definitely mm-hmm. I mean I definitely we have indigenous of some sort I you know Mayan mm-hmm. Aztec sure um but it's not like they have a box for that either <laughs> right um and like the census was so annoying because it's like all these things are so dumb for real it's like it's dumb because so you have white you had black you had um Samoan which is you know, a place, (laughs) uh, you had Vietnamese, I think it was Chinese. You had like all these Asian countries. So it's like, that's not a race. That is a country. I was so annoyed. I was like, what the heck? My thing is like, Like, why not give it like a fill in the blank type option? Well, that's what the other is supposed to be. And that's why I selected other, because when I selected European, it had forced you to put like what European uh-huh. descent and if you did indigenous. You had to say what indigenous descent. I'm like, I do not know for a mm-hmm. fact. I don't know the tribe name. I just know from oral history. This is what I have gathered. And even you though know? we selected other or whatever you select, they're going to put it into this box and create data that, isn't going to give a conclusion of to what we need to be doing in this world to fix things. (laughs) Right. And I get that the reason why they have that is like different groups, I believe can get funding Mm -hmm. if they say we're, we are representing this uh, group that's underrepresented in technology or, you know, that needs more educational funding or whatever. Like I get that that's kind of the, the benefit of it, but it's so arbitrary and it's, very confusing for people like me to figure out how I'm supposed to fill out this, you know, because I don't identify as white. No one looks at me and looks and says I'm Mm -hmm. white. You know, they always ask me, where are you from? And where you're, where are you really Mm -hmm. from? You know, when I tell them I'm from Michigan. Mm -hmm. So it's very annoying because I, it's just, Mm -hmm. I have no other words. It is. I was telling my mom today, I was like, when I travel in Europe right away, I'm an American. Like they'll, they'll yeah. speak English to me. Like, like looking at me, I guess I look American. I don't know, but they'll but probably the way you're yeah, dressed. possibly, but they look at me as an American, like right away, like no questions asked. Uh-huh. And I don't, I act like I don't speak English <laughs> <laughs> when they do that to me. Cause I, like, I hate when people make an assumption about me. Right. Um, and, ama- mm-hmm. and so I don't, I right away don't speak English right away. 
like I'll act like I don't know what they're saying. I'd be like, oh, no entiendo. And I, like, I'll just speak Spanish, you know? And it's so funny because I do the same thing in America. So like, and when people assume that I speak Spanish, I really like, if you're, an, if you're white or not Mexican and you assume that I speak Spanish, I act like I don't speak Spanish because I hate when people make assumptions based on the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sure. I might have it. No para en la frente. Sure. But <laughs> I, I'd be like, oh, John no say. That's funny. Like, I, I really, I just do not like it at all. Because, yeah. like, nobody goes up to white people and starts speaking to them in German. Right. You know, like, nobody goes up to these different people and just assume that that's the language you speak. Could you imagine if we did that? Could you imagine if I just went up to all my white professors and start, you know, like, if I knew German, I guess, or if I knew any other white American or white that's European. Language. Yeah. I'm like, that's the most, to me, I feel like that's a little bit of some sort of racism or discrimination. Like, why do you just automatically assume that that's what I speak? Mm-hmm. Like, if we yeah. went up to Black people and started speaking in, you know, their native languages, like, mind-blowing to me. I just feel like that's ridiculous. So, I like to make people feel stupid and be like, oh, I just don't know. Sorry. But if I do, I mean, in other cases, I do try to help those that are struggling with their English. If they speak Spanish, I will, I will help with their English, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I don't know. I just feel like we're living in this world full of hate right now. And, um, ignorance for sure and I just feel like in order to help us as people of color to help our brothers and sisters that are also of color um, we need to be educating ourselves on how to educate others and and how to call people out and make the and have those difficult conversations with people um, and have them understand that our differences are what makes us one yeah, I've been like contemplating a lot, you know, about like our country, like the, you know, how we, I don't know if they still do this in school, like they say the Pledge of Allegiance, I have no idea if that's a thing anymore, but like I was thinking, you know, like the words like liberty and justice for all, and I was like, like believing that in your core and believing that, that you have a role in upholding that, you know, and I'm Catholic, uh, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, and I believe, you know, in treating all people um well mm-hmm. I don't care like it's not my place to judge someone of course um that's someone else's job thankfully mm-hmm. they get to define uh, you know face the final judgment but it's my job to try to be the best human being and treat everyone as well and if I see injustice my job as a as a Christian Catholic is to do something about it. You know, we're told to, to treat those that are getting um, beat down by the system, orphans, widows, like that is our job. If we believe in God to do something about it, to treat those people well. Right. So not to be making up, but you know, like I, I see that as part of my role of, of, you know, being here for humanity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if it's a small role. Yeah. Definitely. I think that 
we need to do as much as we can to help our brothers and sisters that are not um, at their peak right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think is the best way to say it. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to have those type of conversations, like I said, and it's hard to do things so that you aren't um, being looked at in a different way by your family or by people you like or love or whatever. But at the end of the day, as long as you feel like you're doing something for good and justice and, you know, to make a difference and to have change in the world, um, I definitely feel like you you should stand for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So that's our <laughs> that's our soapbox that we are on for today. Um, <laughs> I hope that somebody can take something from it. We are like people of color are very, very smart at the end of the day. Okay. Like we have been faced with a lot of trials, tribulations, adversity that majority people have not been faced with. And so at the end of the day, and we're still here thriving. Yes. At the end of the day, talk to your people of color, collaborate, put your ideas together. Something will happen and some change will occur. I've seen so many good things come out of this last week. I've been praying fiercely and it's been, um, I've been taking heart in the change that's happened because people are willing to say no more. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and stay tuned. We'll be starting our next season. Um, and a little bit of different, I think, way that we're going to be changing and going. So stay tuned, stick with us, and thank you so much for holding out for 20 episodes. <laughs> hey. We're out. Bye. Bye.